0: Welcome to
1: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hi, Art!
2: Hey, it's good to be here. You know, uh, I am (laughs) just so thrilled to be on your show. Thanks for having me. No, no,
1: no, Andy. We are both co-hosts of the show. Oh, that's You need to pull your weight as well, sir.
2: (laughs) Well, I've got a lot of work to do. (laughs) Oh.
1: Andy, you're my little snow bunny today, huh? Yeah. Uh, Trudged I, through the snow. There's mm-hmm. at least five, six, eight feet of snow outside. At least 14 feet of snow outside right now.
2: <laughs> and uh, yeah, I uh, have converted my home into an igloo. Wow. Uh, I am ice fishing constantly for
1: sustenance <laughs> and pleasure. Um, It's been a fun winter. It's been a fun winter, Andy, but you know... Uh, in the wintertime, um, the skies outside, they get real dark, and pff, you might see some lights. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, like a light from Rudolph's nose on <laughs> Santa's sleigh. People don't know that, that Santa actually still uh, circles the globe, and he acts as a protector. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that, um, you know, interdimensional demons have never attacked <laughs> the earth.
1: It's because it's because Santa has a fifty caliber uh, machine gun yeah. mounted on his sleigh, and he shoots him down. Yeah, he he's murdered. Don't plenty of that about Santa. Missing piece of the lore. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of coverage of that, but you know, <laughs> it's in that poem. <laughs> it's very true. Well, you know, Andy. um, some some nice folks over in Arizona might have seen some lights as well back in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. Yeah, it's good. Yeah.
2: You know, folks in Arizona love Santa Claus. And one thing that they love to do is see weird shit in
1: the sky. <laughs> well, that's because like today's topic is the Phoenix Lights.
2: The Phoenix Lights, uh, which, you know, I guess it sounds like a semi-pro sports team, but it's actually uh, a UFO encounter
1: that's true uh this is uh this is a very popular ufo encounter uh considered Uh, one of the most credible
2: yeah yeah this is one where there's there's lots of documented sightings uh there are tons of witnesses a couple of jokesters in this one as well andy yeah (laughs) we're gonna talk about it oh yeah there's some there's some uh some people who like to have a little bit of fun okay bunk
1: bunkers um, this episode actually comes to us specially requested by none other than jeremy G jeremy g jeremy Spoker. Jeremy. yeah jeremy
2: um <laughs> jeremy suggested this episode yep um and we teased this at some point in the past
1: yeah like three or four episodes in ago. A, we don't know bunker alarm. And uh, <laughs> now it's come to fruition. That's and right. We're going to talk about it. The Phoenix lights. There you go. Bunk bunker. See, you send in an email, you suggest a topic. And within a matter of weeks, we got to this one. Sometimes we don't get to them for a little while. That's not all on the same schedule, <laughs> yeah. but Hey, um, if you can't wait to get into the, uh, the Phoenix lights. I mean, this is a great one. This is, this is, this is really an in-depth UFO encounter um, or alleged UFO encounter. I should say. Yeah. Um, lots of different stuff to cover here. Lots of different sightings, stories to tell, um, spanned almost a decade. And, uh, if you can't wait to get to it, check out the timestamp in the episode description in the show notes. It'll help you uh, know when to scrub right ahead to when the research begins. Because first, um, Andy and I, we, we, got to talk about, I mean, the bunker lore. I, I, I mean, you know, you want to talk about the Phoenix lights being one of the most credible, like, Groundbreaking UFO encounters. The bunker lore is. Okay, these analogies that have nothing to do with one another. The bunker lore has been yep. shook up. Yeah. It's it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Bunker. Uh, and I'm fucking charged up about it. The
2: bunker lore has, has gone through. Uh, it's a windy road to get to where we are today. And there's been a lot of developments recently. And this is no different today.
1: Now. We know uh, about probably thirty to forty percent of you stuck around and listened to the almost hour-long intro on last week's episode, <laughs> and a lot of lore was exposed on that episode. Yeah, uh, our good friends, the Hamiltons, came on the show. Apparently, they were abducted by Mister Bunker. They were brought to a moose, a moose lodge, an elk lodge. Some sort of uh, dinner club, or dinner club, a, or a fraternal order, where apparently Mister Bunker through them, gave them network notes for us, yeah, to tell us how to better our show, yeah. We were a little peeved about it, but at the end of the day, you know what, Andy? We took our paddling because the Hamiltons did come and paddle <laughs> they our butts. Did, that was part of the agreement. They spanked our butts off air. Yeah, <laughs> Ian put us both over his little knee <laughs> and they spanked our butts. Wailed away. With
2: his little Natalie. Yeah.
1: It was very weird. But it was something that needed to be done.
2: (laughs) It was weird, but if we had to do it again, it would be fine. Yeah. I would submit to it
1: again if I had to. (laughs) It might have awakened some things in Andy, we don't know. I need to learn a lesson. Regardless, you know, we we took it on the chin. And on yes. In some ways we took it on our backs. Yeah. And in other places we took it on our tummies. Yeah. We had a lot of cleaning up to do. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> yeah, we should have. It put was down very a, messy. We should have put down a tarp. <laughs> we should have put down a tarp is is right, Andy. But, you know, we were thinking about. Oh, oh sorry. I, I brought a balance ball into the bunker. Bunk bunkers to use as a footrest and it is rolling all over the place. <laughs> the bunker is very uneven. You know, Andy, we. We were gonna we were gonna sit here and we're like, all right, well, I guess I need to go get a snake, and you know you need to start like uh just being a more accepting, better person in general
2: yeah, yours was a, yours was pet related, and mine was all about like <laughs> shitty personality,
1: you know uh, in other ways, um you know uh we, we needed to make other updates to the show where we kind of tried to get back to this golden age of bunker um you know a lot of other things and and we are ready to do that yeah we are yeah. ready to do that but then we got a little message from someone who i can only describe as our deep throat <laughs> this person might not know that they're described that way yeah but look
2: they've been deep throating for us for a little while now and have provided invaluable information this about- person <laughs> Mr. Bunker and his, his goings-ons.
1: It's, he's been a whistleblower for a long time and a yeah. loyal bunk funker. This yeah. is none other than professional disc golf player Rocky.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rocky, all, pro. all pro. All pro disc golf player, well-known blower of whistles, uh, deep-throater for this he show. He made
1: it very far into the um, – he made it, I think, into the – almost the divisional championship or the uh, conference championship, rather, of the mm-hmm. – dgcc, <laughs> the DGCC of the 2020 disc golf championship
2: yeah there was a lot of uh a lot of uh competition to win the chained cup uh
1: and i think rocky's got the legs to go the distance but rocky has exposed so many bunker secrets that have helped us along the ways rocky was the one who exposed the bunkla yeah. and the, the 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 kia soul this this some of this other uh bunker sightings where he's he's walking around trying to hire more cryptids to replace us. And and Rocky sent us a little message saying, I was thinking about this yesterday. Your guests slash rivals just moved to Austin, which they did. Yeah. Guess who else just moved to Austin? The real Elon Musk. How could we be so fucking blind? Wow. Elon Dumb. Musk move is moving his factories to Austin.
2: Hmm. He's He
1: packed up and brought the Tesla factory with him. (laughs) Yeah. The real Elon Musk, I think it was him that took your friends slash rivals to dinner. I think he is sabotaging you by giving you false bunker pointers from said dinner. Who knows what he may try next. Maybe he might be trying to start a podcast called Mr. Musk's science truth time podcast. Bunk bunkers. I have never been so P.O. I can verify. Art. I'm fucking is visibly PO'd right now. I, ain't, my pooper pee peeved. peeved, fully peeved. My butt it's hurt. It's, and, yeah. and that's not related to the show. <laughs> it's not that's because to, I had to shovel.
2: It's not related to the bare butt spanking that we got. <laughs> it's from not that. Ian and Natalie,
1: I'm pissed about this stuff. What about you? Um, I can't believe this.
2: Uh, you know, I, here's Andy, the thing. Don't
1: here's you, thing. don't you Andy? I, we need to be ride or die on this buddy. Here's the thing for me. Oh boy. Here's the thing for me. I'm gonna have a sip of tea. This,
2: this adds another wrinkle, and I think maybe it's actually good for us. Maybe, maybe Mr. Bunker hasn't been planning this whole time to replace us. Maybe he needs the Bunk Vengers to fight Mr. Musk's Science Time podcast.
1: I mean, maybe Andy. Uh, I don't know. I'm not.
2: Or it could be that we're so hated that everybody's trying to drive us off the
1: airwaves. Which I believe. Yeah, I mean, I believe that to a T, that's for sure. But this has me this has my my feathers ruffled. Yeah. Um I mean, I, I'm P.O.'d. I think we I think we foolishly tried to trust our one of our arch nemesis who has obviously corrupted our princess. Mm-hmm. He's like a, he's like Bowser. He's got a trapped in another castle and we're both Mario. Yeah.
2: Neither one of us is Luigi. None of us wants to be
1: Luigi. We're both Mario. <laughs> we're just sharing the same Mario costume. Yeah. We cut the mustache in half. Yeah. It's
2: too, too, you know, they're just, they're just coveralls. So it's really easy to stick two heads through the
1: top. Yeah. And we both hang out in pipes a lot and <laughs> eat a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> and stomp on animals that we find. <laughs>
2: And we always constantly ram our heads into bricks to see what's inside.
1: I mean, I mean, it's scary. Well, listen, I mean, here's the thing, you know, Andy, we, 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 we don't know what Bunker's up to. If he's working with us, working against us, either way, we decided we've had enough of it. Yeah. And we're going to go after him where it hurts in his pocketbook. Yeah. Um, we uh, bunk Funkers, you know, that's why we basically have decided to. We've been doing a short squeeze on the Bunkler stock. Yeah. Mr. Bunker went public with uh the Bunkler stock. And uh, we've been we've been squeezing it. Yeah, we've been squeezing his stocks. Yeah. His little stockings. We've been squeezing them. We're yeah. Buying up that Bunkler stock. We're buying it up. We're buying the dip, Andy.
2: Yeah. As far as we know, nobody, nobody is trying to short Bunkler stock because it's <laughs> It's already super low priced. It's very low. I mean, a couple cents. So we it's very keep, cheap. We just keep buying it, and the price just keeps not moving. <laughs> but
1: we're still we're putting the hurt on him. Yeah, he's feeling the pain. We're basically Andy and I are both. I mean, we're dressed up in our best glam metal outfits, and we're not going to take it. No, we <laughs> we both look like D. Snyder, and we're not going to fucking take it. We're, we're not giant pink take football it. pads, with blown out teased hair and makeup.
2: Yeah, we look like. Road warriors, <laughs> but, you know, fluorescent. Yeah. We're not going to take it anymore, Andy. No, we're tired. We're standing up to Mr. Bunker. You know, we've been pushed around for too long. It's very true. Um, You know, we've been pushed around by Mr. Bunker. We've been driven around by Peon Musk. Yeah. We've been, had our job security threatened. It's very true. By the Bunk Vengers, And now we have Elon Musk... Conspiring with
1: our arch nemesis, Ian, to set us up for disaster. Yeah, I mean, we're we're, you know, Elon Musk Science Truth Time Podcast. I mean, what kind of name is that? (laughs) Fucking goofy. It's so long. It's so long and obnoxious.
2: Yeah, it's like you couldn't even really like put it on any merchandise or anything, (laughs) and it's hard to like. I mean, how would he even, like, make social media, like, profiles for that podcast? Because the name is so
1: long and unwieldy. You'd have to, like, shorten it to something stupid, like Like Mr. Mr. Musk's Musk's pod pod or something. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
2: it's stupid. Nobody's going to be able to find you. You're just
1: hamstringing yourself right from the (sighs) get-go. We're not going to take it anymore. (laughs) We're buying up that bunkless stock. I mean, we're just buying it up. We're buying the dip. Um... And we're buying dip and we're starting to chew tobacco. And uh, I'm losing teeth left and right. And by God, we're losing teeth. We're losing sleep over this. (laughs)
2: Sleep. Please sleep. You know, sleep. I think, uh, you know, it's fair if somebody said our approach is a little bit scattershot. (laughs) And that what we're doing doesn't make sense. (laughs) But you got to think about the big picture here.
1: And that's, yeah, maybe some people have said like I I am financially advising you to not go this course of action. Sure, a few people have said that in quotes. In quotes I'm quoting.
2: Yeah, people have said that, but this is about sending a message.
1: This is about sending a message. It's about standing up for what you believe in. Yeah, this is about doing the right damn thing, bunk funkers. We're not gonna take it anymore. Season three, out the door. We care now. Yeah, we we care more than ever. Yeah, and that's gonna be. Demonstrably
2: true in every episode. Oh,
1: yeah, you're gonna see it.
2: You're gonna feel it. You're gonna f-
1: <laughs> You're gonna feel it in your ears. Look,
2: all this stuff that Rocky's been deep throating us, he has nice. exposed himself to so much He's and exposed, exposed us to so much information. And frankly, you know, <laughs> we're at like maximum exposure here. <laughs> we're fully exposed yeah. and we're ready to fight back. Yeah.
1: I mean, you could say that we're a couple of exhibitionists because we're ready to throw down. Yeah. <laughs> ready to, we're, ready to, ready to we're ready to rip, rip off our trench match. coats and get in there. Yeah. Grease ourselves up and go to battle.
2: Yeah. We're not, we're short squeezing. These are not, you know, this is a naked short. We're,
1: <laughs> we're squeezing it. Yeah. We're running the naked. We're running naked, and we're we're squeezing shorts, and we're going <laughs> we're going hog wild, baby. We're streaking into 2021. Yeah, with, <laughs> you know, we're hitting bunker where it hurts right in the pocketbook, and uh, bunk fuckers. I mean, I'm sorry to say, you're gonna have to pick some sides. Yeah. You're either on side of the Mister Bunker or you're on the side of Andy and Art. Yeah, and
2: we need to know because <laughs> we're occupying Bunk Street, baby. Yeah. We're occupying the bunker. That's it's right. happening. That's right. We live here now. <laughs> Look at us, Mister Bunker. We are the bunker now.
1: <laughs> I am the one who bunks. You never seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it works. People get it. Bunk bunkers. I'm. I'm sorry to say this. That this is like <clears throat> some kind of. You know. This is. This is obviously some sort of a uh, bunk revolution is going on. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sorry. There's a rift in the bunker and I think stay tuned for what people are calling. Um, you know, this is going to be some sort of bunk vengers. I don't know. Civil court. Bunk vengers civil court. The bunk vengers civil court. I mean, it's coming. That's and it's our, happening. That's our end game is that's a lawsuit. <laughs> so we'll keep you posted. I mean, I think next week's episode, you know, we'll have some more information for you. But right now, we are squeezing bunker shorts left and right, trying to buy this this dip, and we're trying to short his uh, stocks and uh, really hit him where it hurts. Yeah, we're trying we don't to don't understand how hard a lot of this stock shit works. But if it's anything like GameStop, AMC, Nokia, BBY, BBW, BB, BBC, BB8, <laughs> BB8. <laughs> 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 BB8. BB8's the only thing I would buy stock from in those movies. I love that little fucking soccer ball. I mean we I thought he's cute. I mean, we I invested in all of
2: them. I invested in BB8. BB Yoda. I dropped a ton of coin on BBW
1: and BBC. And you know, it was good returns. I think you're gonna ha- I think you're gonna see a big rift in the bunker lore. I mean, we're gonna make certain people. we're gonna put the squeeze on Peon Musk. He's gonna have to pick a side. Yeah, he's gotta pick a side. You know, Peon Musk, uh
2: has has been a bunker henchman, basically. Yeah, but we're kind of like chummy. Yeah. I mean we like well, also put that katana in his back.
1: <laughs> That's true. Who put it, who put the katana in his
2: back? And maybe I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of sword in the stone thing. Whoever removes the katana <laughs> from Peon Musk's back, yeah. you know, ultimately controls the bunker. That's
1: right. We'll see where it goes here, funkers. Bunk but I think uh it's there is a storm of brewing. Yeah. And um Pick what ship you want to go down in. Cause both are going down because this is
2: this is a mutually assured destruction situation. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of mutually assured destruction, we have a bunker alarm. Woo! Yeah, special we one. do. Very special one, right, Andy? Yeah.
2: yeah. This is uh this is a really special one because um this is this is a a, a, a two timer on the bunker alarm. <laughs> this guy has <is> two timed us.
1: <laughs> He's two timed the whole bunker alarm. Community. I don't know who this guy is, but I don't know. We're just having a lot of fun with him. Yeah. He's just a real fun guy. I don't know who he is. Yeah, he's a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh so uh
2: this week's bunker alarm recipient is none other than Jeremy G. Jeremy's booking. Uh, yeah. And and you'll remember that we recently rang the old bunker alarm for Jeremy for uh for sending in a, a nice a nice message to the bunker email. That's right. Uh and providing today's episode topic. Uh-huh. Uh but we're ringing it today for Perhaps the most special reason of all. Oh, very special. Jeremy
1: is our newest Patreon
2: patron. Thank you, Jeremy.
1: <coughs> Thank you, Jeremy, for joining the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod. We appreciate the support of all of our patrons, Jeremy included. It means a lot to us. Helps keep the lights on here in the bunker. Helps fund our our new civil war that we're having with mm-hmm. Mr. Bunker. Yeah. Um and uh you know it just is uh, helps fund our legal aggression fund <laughs> our legal aggression fund that's very true and it helps us uh come out with you know cool stuff that we have planned yeah later on in the year <laughs> wink wink uh, wink wink some of you some of you, the patrons are going to get first dibs and all this information yeah you know bunker so... merch might be on the way and patrons are going to get first dibs yeah you patrons are going to want to check this stuff out because you get sneak peeks of episodes and a whole bunch of shit but jeremy thank you so much we
2: so appreciate it. Uh you're you're a cool guy. Uh we're glad to count you among our uh our among our um most prominent bunk funkers, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh and uh, this this alarm's for you, Jeremy. Okay. Uh you know, longtime bunk funkers will know, first time bunk funkers are gonna find out. Um for our bunker alarm. We use a very sophisticated piece of technology called the Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm three thousand. That's right. Uh, what it allows us to do is to play a perfectly synced alarm for today's recipient, who is Jeremy. So I'm just going to go ahead and program an alarm. Oh.
1: I hit my elbow, bunker, Sorry,
2: <laughs> that wasn't very humorous. Ooh. Uh, okay, I think we're ready to go. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Now, the Bunk Tech Bunker oh. Alarm 3000 is very high tech, and, yeah. you know, we could just push a button and let it go, but Art and I are traditionalists. Uh, that's why we always eat turkey constantly. Um, and so we like to do a little bit of a countdown just for funsies. So here we go. Jeremy, this alarm's for you. Three, two, one. <laughs> wow, oh, that's a that was a real fancy Sounded one. Sounded like a drum rudiment. Yeah, one of the yeah. Forty this rudiments, is like uh, King Jeremy. Welcome to the court.
1: <laughs> King Jeremy has spoken in class today and. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Hope you enjoyed your double bunk alarm adventure. And <laughs> thank you for today's topic. I mean, this is really, this whole episode almost dedicated to Jeremy. This is the episode of
2: Jeremy. Maybe we'll call this the Jeremy episode. <laughs> That's right. The one with Jeremy. <laughs> the one with
1: Jeremy. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of the one, uh, we got two I don't know. I I fucked this one up big time. There's there's like two kind of main sightings in today's topic, Andy. Two yeah, the, UFO sighting. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, we're getting yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like two big yeah. two two like general things, right. and you right. know we're gonna put it all into one episode, oh, and then yeah. we're gonna we're gonna
1: go do that now. We're gonna get to it. This is the Phoenix Lights here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time. podcast. cast. I'm over here.
2: Sun, 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 sun Ooh, sun, sun I live for the Sun I live for the sun art Jesus Christ, the Son of God, nope. but I also live for the celestial Sun or hot Orby boy, as I call it that is why we're headed out to Arizona today, the Valley of the Sun, where there's about 300 days of sunshine per year. it gets hot, baby,
1: but it's a dry heat ooh, just the way I like it. there's no wet ass p words where we're going. <laughs> I love Arizona, too, Andy. I mean, besides the sun, you can see some other big stars in the great state of Arizona. Here's a list, Andy. You got Earl Hinman, the guy who played uh, Wilson Wilson on Home and Proven.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, is Tim
2: Allen here? Uh-huh. Hey.
0: Oh, 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 Tool time. Oh, oh, oh.
1: I love tools. Oh, oh, oh. I'm Tim Allen. I smuggled cocaine and did some time in jail. Anyway, Alice Cooper, school's out forever Uh, because everybody's remote. David Spade uh, went to high school in Arizona. Yeah. Very funny guy. Tommy boy. Ted Danson. Oh, sitcom royalty. Royalty. I mean, he's been on a bunch of different sitcoms, having a great late career resurgence. A resurgence. Cheers was not the end. No. And last but not least, my queen, the divine Ms. Stevie Nicks. Wow. I mean, great music in the later years of Fleetwood Mac. Rumors, one of the best albums of all time. You disagree? No. You're making a face. I, I'm a lot just, of cocaine. I'm just... <laughs> and <while all laughs> <these> Recurring <celebs laughs> theme in that list. <laughs> What's up? Recurring theme in that list, cocaine. Oh, yeah. Well, and while all these celebs are heavenly to me, Andy, if you go to Arizona, you might actually see something from the heavens itself. Not of this earth, I mean. Maybe, maybe an extraterrestrial flyover. And that's exactly what some people think happened during one of the most widely witnessed UFO events in history, the Phoenix Light of the Phoenix Lights event. That's right, art. The Phoenix Lights, maybe sometimes called the Lights over
2: Phoenix, were UFO sightings in the skies over Nevada and Arizona on the night of March 13th, 1997. Oh, oh man, what a time, 1997. Personally, I had just retired from my first career as an orderly at a state-run sanatorium in in Montana. Uh, I was living on a uh, on a rundown ranch house uh, that was situated on about uh, 200 acres of pristine, beautiful plains land, uh, just outside Plentywood. Uh, that winter was uh, it was pretty rough, though. Uh, during one snowstorm, we got three feet of snow. Wow, it's a lot of snow. Times were uh, tough. It was hard to get out, and I, I had to eat my best friend, Chumbawumba. N- not the band. It was a moose I raised from a baby. <laughs> I miss Chumbawumba. I knew I would, too. Before I even murdered Chumbawumba for food, I said, I'll be missing you, Chumbawumba.
1: Wow. That's a really sad story.
2: I know. But I'm all cried out. I had to move on. Let's face it, Art. Despite the bittersweet symphony that crescendoed during that long dark winter, I've still lived a semi-charmed kind of life,
1: baby. Yeah, okay. So anyway, those Phoenix lights, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good lord, you have lived quite the life, Andy. <laughs> we're gonna get to uh we're gonna get you the whole enchilada bunk funkers on this topic, but to get us started, here's the basic idea. Plenty of people, I mean allegedly more than 700, That's a lot. A lot. reported seeing lights of varied descriptions between um, a little bit before 8 p.m. local time to about 1030 p.m. Lights were seen in Nevada and through the state of Arizona all the way to Tucson, a distance of about 300 miles. Depending on who you ask or what source you consult, there are some varied ways of categorizing the event, with some sources describing different numbers of events and some categorizing the sightings as different parts of the same big event. But for us, we're going to say that there are two separate events that night. First, earlier in the night, what's generally described as a triangle-shaped set of lights were witnessed flying over Arizona. And second, later in the night, some stationary lights were witnessed in the Phoenix area. Now let's dig into this uh, first event. Things got started about
2: 7.55 p.m. Mountain Time near Henderson, Nevada, which is, is basically like a suburb of Las Vegas, kind of, uh, that's when a man reported seeing a V-shaped object in the sky above Henderson. The man said the object was comparable in size to a Boeing 747 jet, had six lights on the front, and sounded like, quote, rushing wind, end quote. The, the reported path of the lights was from the northwest to the southeast. Heading southeast took the lights directly into Arizona, and folks there wasted no time in witnessing these lights. At around 8.15 p.m., a retired police officer in Paulden Arizona, called in a report to the National UFO Reporting Center, which which we're going to call New Fork for short. New Fork is an organization that looks into UFO sightings and possible extraterrestrial contacts by humans. They have a hotline to report UFO sightings, and the Paulden police officer was the first of many to use the hotline on March 13th, 1997. The retired officer reported that while driving north, they saw a group of five reddish, orangish lights in a V-shaped formation, like a wedge or or a boomerang shape. Uh, There were four lights traveling together with the fifth light following behind them. According to the witness, each light seemed to actually be made up of two separate sources of light. The officer went home and watched the lights with binoculars for about two more minutes until they went over the horizon.
1: Only about two minutes after the Pauldin officer made the report, New Fork was flooded with calls. And so were other UFO organizations. I mean, local law enforcement, local media, and even the local military concern. Luke Air Force Base. More on them in a bit. (laughs) Oh, you little stinker. Um, The locations of these calls suggested that whatever people were seeing It was moving southeast. All these reports made by witnesses didn't agree with each other exactly, 100% exactly. But witnesses reported different numbers of lights, you know, different colors of lights, different rates of travel for the object. Many witnesses reported that the object was solid as it blocked out a lot of the sky when it flew over. To give you an idea of what people were seeing, we're going to talk about some of the sightings that happened in the Prescott and Prescott Valley areas of Arizona, which are kind of like cities north and a little west of Phoenix. In Prescott Valley, John Kaiser was outside with his wife and their sons when the family saw a group of lights west-northwest of where they were. The lights they saw were in a triangular formation, and all of the lights looked red except for the leading light, which looked white. The Kaiser clan uh, watched... The Kaiser clan (laughs) watched uh, the lights through binoculars for like two to three minutes before the object, or objects, passed directly over them. The lights then did a uh, bank to the right and flew off to the southeast. The family could not discern the altitude of the lights, but noted it seemed pretty low. They also reported the object made no sound whatsoever.
2: Tim Lay, his wife Bobby, his son Hal, And his grandson, Damien, all saw the lights uh, when the lights were over Prescott Valley, which was roughly 65 miles from their location. The family got to watch the lights over the course of around 10 minutes as the lights got closer and closer. First, the lights seemed arranged in an arc-like pattern. As the lights came closer, they looked like a V-shape. Then, when the lights were just a couple miles away, they looked triangular, with one light in the center and two lights to each side. As they watched, the object went right over their street where they estimated it was only 100 to 150 feet above them. They reported the object was moving so slowly it seemed like it was hovering. It was also completely silent. And this thing was pretty big too. Pretty, pretty big. Tim said that when the right side of the object was above them, the left side of it was a couple of blocks away. The object then continued on its way, heading southeast.
1: Now here's another report that came in from around Prescott and actually Andy we have a uh, we have a tape of this one. Oh. Oh, neat. While doing astrophotography, I observed five yellow-white lights in a V formation moving slowly from the northwest across the sky to the northeast, then turn almost due south and continue until out of sight. The point of the V was in the direction of movement. Now, the first three lights were in a fairly tight V, while two of the lights were further back along the lines of the V's legs. And during the northwest to northeast transit, uh, one of the trailing lights moved up and joined the three and then dropped back to the trailing position. I estimated the three-light V to cover about 0.5 degrees of sky, And the whole group of five lights to cover about one degree of sky. Now, for you space freaks out there, half a degree of sky is roughly the apparent size of the moon in the sky. So, again, what we're trying to say here is this was a sizable object. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, for for just a
2: little bit of context on the whole event, this witness doing astrophotography was not alone in watching the stars that night and finding themselves in the middle of a UFO encounter. March 13, 1997 was prime viewing time to see the Hale-Bopp Comet. The comet had been visible to the naked eye for most of the time since May of 1996 and made its closest approach to Earth on March 22, 1997. So there were plenty of folks out hoping to catch a glimpse of the comet, but they got so much more. Next, calls started to come in around 8.30 to 8.45 p.m. from the Glendale, Arizona area, which is just a few miles northwest of downtown Phoenix. Witnesses in the Glendale area saw the lights fly overhead high enough to pass above some thin clouds. A mother and her four daughters reported watching the object move toward their location. Once it arrived, it hovered over the family for five minutes. The family reported they could make out features on the surface of the object. After the object finished hovering, it began to slowly fly away in the direction of Phoenix's Sky Harbor International Airport. The witnesses reported seeing the object fire a beam of light at the ground as it flew away. Now, there's no definitive word on if any cattle were missing after that little stunt. That's the real conspiracy. (laughs) Where are the cattle?
1: Where'd those cows go?
2: Uh, The lights then did indeed go to Sky Harbor, where they were observed by air traffic controllers and pilots alike, uh, though the source of the lights was not visible on radar. So in less than an hour, these lights went from Henderson in Nevada all the way to Sky Harbor Airport in Arizona. Again, that's almost 300 miles. Not bad time for an object moving slowly that even stopped to hover over people.
1: (laughs) Now, one thing you probably noticed by now is that these witnesses have some similarities in their accounts, but they're all just a a little bit different. And what would be really nice is if somebody had a damn photo or a video of these lights to help establish more precisely just what the heck happened in the sky. (laughs) well... About that, the only known video of this uh, group of lights was shot by a guy named Terry Proctor. Can you imagine if Terry was a doctor? (laughs) Doctor Terry Proctor, Doctor Proctor, Doctor Proctor. (laughs) Yeah, I got to go to my proctorologist. (laughs) Yeah, if he was a proctologist, proctologist, Doctor Proctor, (laughs) Doctor Proctor, my proctologist. Anyway, Terry Proctor, uh, he shot a video, but uh, honestly, I mean, it's 1997. This video was pretty poor quality, and but what does it? What it does show uh, is some lights in. V-shape, which is similar to the witness reports. Now, unfortunately, the video itself is not terribly conclusive. Um, Local television station uh, KSAZ reported that a guy named Richard Curtis recorded a video of the lights that supposedly showed the outline of some type of craft. And apparently, of course, the video was lost.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Art, if it's spicy videos you're after, buckle up. Because there's plenty ahead.
1: Oh, I don't know. Andy, you're not going to play one of your self-produced cooking TV shows, are you? Because I I can't sit through it, and I don't think the Bunk Funkers honestly want to sit through another episode of restaurants, restaurants, and restaurants. It's it's not even a clever ripoff, and you don't have the charm or the looks to make it work, Andy. I'm Man
2: Boat, and I'm looping up my Tercel and driving away headed for deliciousville looking for america's greatest restaurants restaurants and restaurants now get in the car with me come
1: on or that's pretty good right no it's fucking terrible and the way you you menacingly stare right into the camera and command them to get into the car with you i mean andy it's not inviting at all you don't want to you don't want people to feel like they have a
2: choice to not get in the turcell <laughs> It's about finding America's greatest restaurants, restaurants, and restaurants. We don't have time to sit around. doesn't need to be repeated. We're going to find restaurants, restaurants, and restaurants.
1: <laughs> A man boat. Yeah, you look terrible in those Hawaiian shirts. Well. And your flat, unspiky hair is just gross. It's yeah, but down. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I frosted the tips, though. Awful. Well. <laughs> Whatever. Make your own choices, I guess. Just just know that you're going to regret not getting in my tersel when I told you to. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ.
2: Anywho, the real spicy video evidence I was talking about actually is the video evidence of the second event on March 13th, 1997 in the Phoenix skies. After the initial set of V-shaped lights disappeared from the sky shortly before 9 p.m., there was a brief break in the activity. Then, around 10 p.m., more lights were sighted, but this time, buzz from the first set of lights had even more people outside and looking at the sky, so these lights were very well documented with videos and photos. Maybe the most famous video of these lights shows several lights appearing in the sky one at a time, being visible for a bit, then going out. Other videos show similar behavior, though the number of lights may be different or
1: the formation varies. Now, another less famous video was shot by Stephen Blonder at his home. Now, the Blonder sighting is interesting for a couple of reasons. For one, there was a MUFON investigator at the Blonder residence that night who witnessed the lights along with the family. I mean, that's that's some good timing. And the reason the investigator was there is because the Blonder family has been seeing lights in the sky all damn week. Now, in addition to the main event on March 13th, the family also saw lights on the 10th, 11th, and the 12th, even capturing the video of the lights that appeared on the 10th.
2: And the Blonders weren't the only ones who had previous encounters with weird lights. Dr. Lynn Kate also was witness to the strange lights on March 13th, but had previously seen strange lights as early as February 1995. Dr. Kate reported seeing orbs of light maybe three to six feet in diameter, all of a uniform amber color. Dr. Kate also saw lights in January 1997. As for what she witnessed on the thirteenth of March, Dr. Kate said this quote, "It was a mild wide wy- it was a mile wide formation of these orbs, and I caught them head on turning into a V end quote
1: now, as with the first set of lights, many witnesses described the second set of lights as part of some kind of craft. And one of these witnesses, uh, Dana Valentine, was a laser printer technician at the time in nineteen ninety seven hey, That's a pretty good gig. It's a high demand job in 97. Today, (laughs) not as much. You know, we don't know. Now, here's what Dana said. We could see the outline of a mass behind the lights, but you couldn't actually see the mass. It was more like a gray distortion on the night sky, wavy. I don't know exactly what it was, but I know it's not a technology the public has heard of before. Another witness, Tim Lay, had this to say, quote,
2: It was astonishing and a little frightening. It was so big and so strange. You couldn't actually see the object. All you could see was the outline as though something was blotting out the stars. The lights looked like gas. There was a distortion on the surface. Also the light didn't spill out or shine. I've never seen a light like that.
1: End quote. Now these lights were witnessed by a Phoenix truck driver named Bill Grenier. Now that night, Bill was on his route, which took him close to Luke Air Force Base. Now, according to Bill, he saw two orb-shaped lights, with one hovering over the base. After Bill saw the lights, three F 16 jets took off from Luke Air Force Base. The lights followed the F 16s, but then gave up, uh, then gave up the chase and shot off into the sky. Now, bunkfunkers, here's what Bill had to say about his experience, which honestly is probably one of the best quotes about a UFO experience ever, and we were lucky enough to get it on tape. (laughs) Weren't we, Andy?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is a real boon for us. Get this on tape.
1: I'll never be the same. Before this, if anybody had told me they saw a UFO, I would have said, yeah, and I believe in the Tooth Fairy. Now I've got a whole new view. And I may be just a dumb truck driver, but I've seen something that don't belong here. I wish the government would just admit it. Oh, right on, Bill! I believe in the 2 Fairy. Ooh wee! This sure
2: is a lot of activity for one night, huh? Oh boy! Ooh
1: wee! Ooh wee! Goo goo ga. My catchphrase. Ooh-wee
2: Coming goo- back! Ooh wee! Goo goo ga I love whatever it was that you loved. Um, well, <laughs> pyramids, <laughs> I probably
1: yeah, something like that. Uh,
2: well, even though the events themselves were over, the events surrounding the events were just getting started. The next day, March 14th, 1997, New Fork received a call from an unidentified airman at Luke Air Force Base. According to this airman, the base fielded a call from the Prescott Valley Airport, quote, reporting an object that had a near miss with a small Cessna approximately 8.32 p.m. that they encountered something over Phoenix, Arizona, end quote. 8.32 p.m. was within the window of time during which the first satellites were visible on the 13th. Further, this airman told Newfork that Luke sent two F-15 planes to investigate the encounter. On their return to base, one of the pilots was reportedly scared shitless by what he saw in the air, claiming he saw five lights in a triangular pattern and that the craft followed the F-15s. The caller claimed that Luke went into lockdown after the pilots returned. Despite this report, the Air Force denied this ever happened. Two days after making his initial report, the airman called New Fork again to report he was being transferred to Greenland. The airman has never been heard from since.
0: Ooh. Jeez. Well, then on May
1: 6th, 1997, Phoenix City Council member Francis Barwood Asked the city manager during a council meeting if, you know, there would be an investigation into what just occurred in the city's airspace. Seems like a pretty reasonable request. Yeah. Now, after the meeting, Barwood claims a city employee approached her and said, you shouldn't have asked that question. And maybe this employee was right. I mean, in the wake of the in the wake of the council meeting, the Arizona Republic, uh, which is a newspaper, ran a cartoon of Francis with a light light switch on her head or on her forehead. Yeah, I guess that's to signify that the lights are on, but nobody's home. Uh, And then she then this cartoon also had a button on her shirt that said, I love UFOs. They got her. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. As if that insult of that absolutely vicious, scathing cartoon takedown. Such a sick fucking burn. I mean, eat your fucking heart out, Charlie Hebo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vicious cartoon wasn't enough. Francis also had to endure uh, mockery. From uh, the uh, city government, uh, according to Francis, the mayor's office put signs on my picture in the hallway. And I found out afterwards, they handed out business cards with my name on it that said, speak into the tinfoil, I will hear you. Jeez, yeah. Despite being ridiculed by the media and other government officials, Francis soon became flooded with phone calls from local residents who wanted to share their story of the events. She became one of the few people in government to advocate the concerned populace.
2: In the wake of the March 1997 events, there was relatively little in the way of media coverage. Then, on June 18, 1997, USA Today ran a story on the events which brought the whole situation into the national consciousness. In response to the attention, the then governor of Arizona, Fife Symington, held a press conference to announce who was responsible for the events in March 1997. He then brought out the responsible party, which was his chief of staff, Jay Hyler, in a frickin' alien mask. At best, I would say this was a pretty tone-deaf response to the concerned constituents of Fife-Symington. At worst, it was outright ridicule of those who felt they had truly seen something not of this earth. Of the press conference, Francis Barwood said it was, quote, not at all like Fife. He doesn't have a sense of humor, end quote. Maybe I am like Fife
1: well Andy you're you're more like a fife in that you're tube shaped and irritating okay yeah <laughs> it checks fair. out yeah it checks out all right Andy agrees but hey that weird press conference wasn't the end of the story uh, these pesky daggum lights reappeared in 2007 and in 2008. So on February 6th, 2007, a repeat performance of the lights seen over Phoenix in 1997 was captured on camera this time by a local Fox affiliate. With a new event on the uh, and approaching the 10 year anniversary of the 1997 event, there was some renewed media interest in the Phoenix Lights incident. So by the time 2007 rolled around, Fife Symington was also no longer governor of Arizona. In fact, he was working as a pastry chef. Yeah. Fife's time as governor came to an end in late 1997 following his conviction of bank fraud charges related to his bankrupt real estate company. Well, it's bad times for Fife. <laughs> yeah. Later, his conviction was overturned and he was pardoned by President Bill Clinton Hi. before prosecutors decided... Hi, I'm in the episode. Uh, prosecutors There's decided, me decided me. to retry the case. At any rate, Fife used the 2007 media coverage to come clean about the 1997 incident. So he said his office inquired about the events, but never got an answer. Symington also said the matter was personal because, well, he had seen the lights himself. I mean, he had seen the craft himself in 1997. According to Fife, he saw a huge Delta shaped craft. Now, Presumably, he means the uh, the uppercase Greek letter delta, which is uh, a triangle, commonly used to re- to symbolize change. Yeah, uh, change in a variable. Yeah, delta. Wow. Yeah. Uh, rather than the lowercase delta, which is a cool little circle with a squiggly line, looks <laughs> like a
2: looks like a cool little hip kid with hip. a n- n- neat haircut.
1: Yeah. This is a triangle. He saw he saw a triangular shaped craft. And here's what Fife, in his own words, uh, about uh, what he saw. These are his words. I'm a pilot, and I know just about every machine that flies. It was bigger than anything I had ever seen and remains a great mystery. Other people saw it. Responsible people. I don't know why people would ridicule it. End quote. Now, Fife said he didn't go public with his account in 1997 because he didn't want to cause any additional panic. He also said the whole, like, dressing up his chief of staff in the alien costume gag uh, stunt was trying to, quote, lighten the mood of the state, end quote, (laughs) and that he never really meant to ridicule anyone. Well, good job on that one, Fife. Yikes.
2: On April 21st, 2008, Phoenix residents again reported seeing lights in the sky. This time, witnesses described lights that changed from a square to a triangular formation over time. One witness reported that not long after the lights appeared, they also witnessed three jet planes heading in the direction of the lights. Predictably, Luke Air Force Base denied any USAF, uh, United States Air Force, activity in the area that night. The Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, also got in on the act, admitting that air traffic controllers at Sky Harbor Airport saw the lights but could not find the objects on radar. The FAA also said they did not know the cause of the sightings, but that the agency would not investigate. For those of us in the U.S., our tax dollars, hard at work.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Now, there's no shortage of explanations for these events. Now, according to a Phoenix New Times article by reporter Janet Gonzalez, video of the 1997 V-shaped lights over Prescott and Prescott Valley shows the lights moving individually, not as part of one larger object. This could potentially be explained by a type of uh, visual illusion known as illusion, illusionary, illusory, illusory. I can't read contours, Uh, essentially an illusory, uh, illusory. Yeah, illusory, illusory. You want to say illusion, but it's not. It's illusory. I want to say illusory. Yeah, illusory. (laughs) An illusory contour is when the brain perceives unconnected dots or lines as part of one shape or object encompassing all the individual parts observed.
2: Amateur astronomer Mitch Stanley was watching the skies on the night of March 13th using a Dobsonian telescope with 43 times magnification. According to Mitch, these lights were nothing more than airplanes flying in formation. Each light was an individual plane. While this is interesting and one has to assume that Mitch was able to make out the aircrafts with his telescope, Mitch's description of the lights doesn't exactly square with some other witnesses that night who didn't view the event through a telescope. There were also no known aircraft formations in flight in the area at the time, Uh, so maybe this isn't as solid an explanation as it seems.
1: Well, hold on there, flyboy Andy. Prescott, Arizona is home to the wild, wild west campus of... Embry Riddle Aeronautical University, or ERAU, E R A U Prescott has programs in aviation-centric studies and has a fleet of light aircraft used for flight training. The hot gossip around campus is that the V-shaped lights seen earlier in the night were ERAU um, planes piloted by hogged-out students. I mean, pilots are chads. Yeah. Who turned off the transponders and flew around in the formation as a sick prank. Oh, man. You freaking got him, dude.
2: I mean, Frick- I'm sure these are such hunky pilots. But maybe it wasn't aeronautics students causing all this trouble. Maybe it was the good old United States Air Force after all. Retri- retired Air Force pilot James Megaha investigated two of the witness accounts and believed the incident was all caused by A-10 Warthogs
1: flying in formation. At high altitude. But hey, maybe these weren't planes at all, Andy. You ever think about that? Maybe <laughs> yeah. they were lanterns attached to balloons or something similar. On its surface, this sounds like a pretty lame explanation, right? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like us. Yeah. Well, some people have legitimately suggested this is an explanation. And it's, I mean, it's actually not as far out of left field as you might think. On March 13th, 1997, several weather stations in the vicinity of Phoenix all recorded measurements of the wind direction, which was consistent with the reported movement of the lights. During the event, wind direction was changing from blowing toward uh, the east to blowing toward the south. So pretty much blowing the same directions the objects were traveling.
2: It seems silly, but balloons are also blamed for the 2008 lights event Phoenix resident Lino Malio or uh, Lino Milo said he saw his neighbor release a few helium balloons with the flares attached on the night of the event. According to Lino, the balloons were released around 8 p.m., which is right before witnesses reported seeing the lights. Additionally, the lights were observed by a Phoenix Police Department helicopter pilot who identified the objects as flares attached to balloons. Up, up. And away in my beautiful, my beautiful flared-out balloon. Hey, speaking of flares, maybe all of this was just the result of some flares in the airs. In fact, the U.S. Air Force basically took credit for the later set of lights on March 13, 1997. According to the USAF, the lights witnessed around 10 p.m. that night were LUU-2BB illumination flares, which were dropped by four A-10 warthogs during a training exercise, Operation Snowbird, at the Barry M. Goldwater bombing range, which is to the southwest of Phoenix, uh, more than 50 miles away from downtown.
1: Now, while that seems like a pretty long way for people to see flares in the sky, apparently flares like these are visible for up to potentially hundreds of miles in the right conditions. Analysis of the luminosity of the L-U-U-2B-B Uh, flares allegedly by the USAF to be the culprit, you know, in this case, determined the luminosity of the flares at a range of 50 to 70 miles. That is about the distance Phoenix residents would have observed them the night of the event. And that was within range of the luminosity of the object witnessed that night. Local TV stations also reported on known military flare drops and showed similarities between those events and the later event on March 13th. 1997.
2: So the flares uh, the flares used burn bright enough to be seen in Phoenix. Great. This still doesn't explain the observed behavior of the lights. Well, Big Daddy Air Force has a story for that too. Let's sit on his knees, shall we? Before he pats us on the head and tucks us into bed. Big Daddy Air
1: Force. Thank you, Big Daddy Air Force.
2: <laughs> Thank Keep, you for this slice of
1: goodbye big daddy air <laughs>
2: force the air force said the flares appeared to hover because of heat rising from the burning flares which had a balloon effect on the parachutes attached to the flares making the flares fall slower than typical the lights then disappeared because they went behind the sierra Estrella mountains which are to the southwest of phoenix but between phoenix and the goldwater range
1: Now, the flare explanation uh, even has some support in the form of testimony from an alleged participant. Lieutenant Colonel Ed Jones of the Maryland Air National Guard said in 2007 that he flew one of the planes that dropped the flares on March 13th, 1997. According to the Maryland Air National Guard, Lieutenant Colonel Jones's squadron, the 104th Fighter Squadron, was at the time doing training at uh, Davis-Monthan Air Force Base near Tucson. And just happened to be flying some training sorties. Sorties? Sorties? Training sorties at Goldwater Range that night. Now, interestingly enough, Davis Monthan initially said that they did not have planes in the air the night of the 13th. It also seems weird that a squadron from Maryland would be responsible for strange lights seen in Phoenix, but Goldwater Range is a hotbed of air training activity. Nearby to the range are Luke Air Force Base outside of Phoenix. You got Davis-Monthan Air Force Base outside of Tucson. You got a Marine Corps Air Station Yuma. Near Yuma. Yuma? Yuma? Is that Yuma? (laughs) Oprah Yuma. Eh, That doesn't work. Oprah Yuma. Now, all of these bases uh, train there as do any units assigned to those bases for training purposes, which could be from lots of different places. I mean, even in 1997, the Arizona Republic newspaper reported that the Maryland Air National Guard was responsible for the lights.
2: This story then kind of repeated itself in 2007. The Marine Corps Air Station Yuma took responsibility for the lights seen in February that year. Again, the base of the lights witnessed were flares from training flights at the Goldwater Range. A tale as old as time... Song as old as rhyme, the United States Air Force or the Marine Air Corps and the Flares. My favorite Disney movie.
1: Yeah, great one.
2: (laughs) Another tale as old as time is doubt about pretty much anything the government says. Uh, Plenty of people ain't buying the flare explanation, all right? Some witnesses have said that while flares appear physically similar to the lights they saw in March 1997, the behavior of flares is completely different. Although some local TV stations reported on similarities between the footage from the Phoenix Lights incidents and with known military flare drops.
1: Now, our guy, Fife Symington also said in 2007 that he was unhappy with the Air Force's explanation for the 1997 events. And here's what Fife had to say. As a pilot and a former Air Force officer, I can definitively say that this craft did not resemble any man-made object I had ever seen. And it was certainly not high altitude flares because flares don't fly in formation. End quote. He also called for investigations to be opened, documents to be released, and for those in power to stop shunning witnesses. Uh well. I guess that's not bad for shunning witnesses initially.
0: Classic fife.
1: Classic fife. Just do your little life is full of strife. Just
2: do your little turn <laughs> on the catwalk there, Fife. <laughs> Uh, You know, Fife, uh, there have actually been some studies uh, done to test the government's claim about the event. I'm talking to Fife directly. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we're talking to Fife directly now. (laughs) For example,
2: a software company specializing in image processing and analysis software, Cognitech, shot some video during the daytime from the same location as a video taken of the later Phoenix lights. They made a composite of the two pieces of footage and showed that the lights in the original video disappeared when they got to the Estrella Mountains. The mountains are visible in the daytime, but can't be seen in the nighttime footage. Local Fox affiliate, our favorite local Fox affiliate, KSAZ TV, called bullshit on Cognitech. KSAZ claimed they, didn't, they did their own test and the lights were in front of the mountains. KSAZ suggested Cognitech data was altered. But then the Phoenix New Times newspaper called bullshit on KSAZ. They said that KSAS just, o- just overlaid the two pieces of footage using a video editing machine without matching the scale and zoom in the two videos. To help settle the score, Dr. Paul Scowen, an astronomy professor at Arizona State University, did basically the same thing. Took a daytime video from the same location as the nighttime video of the event. Dr. Scowan's results were similar to the findings of Cognitech. Take that, KSAS. Wow.
1: Drama. Uh, Other people who are distrustful of the Air Force's explanation are those who believe the lights they saw were of an extraterrestrial origin. Now, these folks see the lights more as the leading edge of a huge ship, maybe as much as a mile in diameter that hovered over Phoenix. Uh, One of the people in the UFO camp is a guy named Jim Dillotsoto. Dillotsoto. Dilatoso. Dilatoso. Jim said he performed a special a spectral analysis of the photos and videos in the lights. Again, these are the later lights seen over Phoenix in 1997, not the first group of lights. Right. Now, according to Jim, Dilatoso, not Jim Belushi. Oh. Uh, his analysis uh, proved the lights could not have been from a man-made source. Jim said the results showed, quote, a perfectly uniform light with no variation from one edge to the other and no glow. They have ruled out lasers, flares, holograms, and aircraft lights as sources. End "Quote," Jim said. His method was using a program called Image Pro Plus to examine the red, green, and blue in the uh, light images and to make histograms of the data. This was then compared to data from the photos, which were known to be flares. Now, I mean, frankly, this is pretty cool. Proof
2: of a non-man-made light source. Yeah, well, uh, b- b- about that. Uh, Media Cybernetic, the company that makes Image Pro Plus, said that Image Pro Plus isn't capable of doing spectroscopic analysis. Also, other people, including noted skeptic and convicted felon Brian Dunning of Skeptoid, say you can't do a spectral analysis with just a picture of lights. Dunning puts it this way Quote, you can't even remotely do a spectral analysis of lights in a photograph and expect there to be any useful similarity to the spectrum of the actual light source any more than you can expect a photograph of an orange to smell like an orange. End quote. Photos only capture the visible spectrum of light. In order to perform a complete spectral analysis, you need to be able to consider the full spectrum of light, including things like infrared light.
1: Also, if it's a scratch and sniff, it will smell like an orange. Mm, got him. Checkmate, Brian Dunning. Checkmate. Now, we've thrown out a lot of possible explanations here, but let's add one more to our little explanation pile, just to be safe. Yeah, yeah. Now, some people believe that the witnesses to the Phoenix Lights events were actually witnesses to a top-secret military test of an aircraft under development, specifically a rigid-hold, helium-filled aircraft with a wingspan of about the size of an American football field or 100 yards. This explanation has been suggested by author and researcher Bill Scott, who has written about the covert government programs to build and test cutting-edge aircraft. Now, while some of the characteristics described by witnesses are shared with a dirigible aircraft. Dirigible? Yeah. Dirigible. Some of the things witnesses describe don't match to any of the crafts that Scott has reviewed. Now, that said... Scott does not see it as far-fetched to believe that a, you know, a huge helium-filled craft was responsible for at least, I mean, some of these lights witnessed in 1997. And so the
2: mystery lives on. Just what the heck is going on in the skies above Phoenix? Maybe Arizona is a hotbed of covert military activity. Maybe Arizona is a hotbed of extraterrestrial activity. Or maybe Arizona's skies are polluted with flares. And nobody can see anything because there's so many damn flares in the sky constantly. Maybe this could all be cleared up with just a little transparency from the US government. Five Symington sure thinks so now, calling on the government to stop perpetuating, quote, the myth that all UFOs can be explained away in down to earth conventional terms, end quote. Symington further said, quote, what I saw in the Arizona sky goes beyond conventional explanations. When it comes to events of this nature that are still completely unsolved, we deserve more openness in government, especially our own. End quote. Now, whatever the case may be, we're hot on the trail. So, saddle up your ass and let's get riding to the grandest canyon of them all the Valley of the Whole Enchilada. <laughs>
1: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message.
2: It sure is chilly outside, Art. Andy, where's your jacket? Art, did you hear me? The wind chill is 30 below. Andy, I think you have hypothermia. You know, Art, with the horrific chilly weather outside, the only thing that'll warm me up is listening to Andy and Art Debunked, available only on Patreon.com slash MrBunkerPod.
1: Are you seriously shilling our Patreon right now? Oh, Art, <laughs> laughing at the antics of Andy and Art is all
2: the warmth I need. And for just five dollars a month, I get access to all the episodes of the show, behind-the-scenes updates, sneak peeks at episodes, and I can chat with Andy and Art on the Bunker Discord. Andy, we need to get you to a hospital. We need to get me to Patreon.com/slash/MrBunkerPod. It's so chilly. Oh God, I'm chilled to the bone.
1: Hey, welcome back, Punk Funkers. That was our research of the Phoenix Lights. When I see those phoenix lights and in the stars in the sky Oh, those phoenix lights Oh, they might have been flares on alien spacecraft It's my country song. I'm not getting on the CME, CMT. Wow. Arts I'm gonna win, Bentley. I'm going to win a Grammy. Arts Mercedes. <laughs> oh, those phoenix lights up in the sky, oh, I want to drink a beer with those Phoenix lads. I want to drive my truck right into that spaceship's hull and have those little gray men poke them on un- scrotum <laughs> and drill holes in my teeth with the with the laser beams. Oh, those Phoenix lights <laughs> up in the sky. I love America and aliens doing weird stuff to my butt. <laughs> Those Phoenix lights. <laughs> Look for that album. It's coming Download out. Download that uh, on Spotify. Design Spotify. Doctures. Now.
2: Go in there now and search for it. The Phoenix lights.
1: Um, Andy, let's get some blanket statements. We haven't done blanket statements in such a long time. Yeah. I got some hard, hot feelings about this one, huh? Yeah, go. Tell me. Something was up there. Yeah. Something. Yeah. We can say that definitively. Yeah. This the, is the uh, first sighting especially. Something was up there. This is a this is an interesting one. Not,
2: 700 people. Yeah. And not ever convincingly explained definitively. Very much brushed under the rug. Yeah. Um, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of pieces to this one. Big time pieces. Big time pieces um you know, you get this first thing happening and then you got the second thing happening. You got Bill Griner saying like a weird thing happening. You got <laughs> you got uh, other people reporting I like-
1: might just be a stupid fucking truck driver, but goddamn, I saw something up there. I saw something fucked up. I saw something fucked up that changed my worldview. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what the fuck I saw. Goddamn government, give us the secrets. <laughs> Tell us
2: what you know. <laughs> Oh, I love Bill Greiner.
1: I love him, too. That is a great quote. Probably the greatest UFO quote. I might yeah. just be a simple truck driver.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I believe in the Tooth there. Fairy. Oh, yeah, I believe in the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> Breaker Breaker 1-9. This is Tooth Fairy. Squawk, squawk. <laughs> tooth Fairy. I wonder if any truckers listen. If anyone out there is a trucker who listens to us, I know truckers listen to a lot of podcasts because, I mean, you're just driving all damn day. If you're a trucker out there. You listen to us. Hit us up. We want to... We, we want to know everything. Everything, man. Trucker culture. Yeah. Well, I watched a few trucker videos. Um, what it's like to be a trucker. You know, truckers have seen some shit, too. Truckers see a lot of stuff out there on the road. And I'm not just talking
2: about glory holes in weird places. Yeah, We're
1: talking about lot lizards. Yeah. <laughs> we were lot lizards for a time. man. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. a weird time in our lives. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We, uh, you know,
1: we serviced a couple of men while we also serviced the trucks. It was like a tit for tat kind of thing. Yeah, tit.
2: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> tit for tat. Uh they would uh, you know, we would lube the truck and lube their lube their chassis. shafts. Chassis.
1: We would yeah, we would we would hitch ourselves to their big honking wagon. Yeah. You know I mean, no shame. We polished a few chrome pit parts. Chrome domes. Uh and we had a lot of sex. Yeah, we fucked a lot of truckers. <laughs> But blanket statements like I—I I mean, something had to have been up there. Yeah,
2: I think I think that's uh, as good a blanket statement as any because it's tr- it's true something happened. There's not—I—I I mean, there was something there, and there's no. Like I said, there's no that the, is the the explanations so far have not been totally convincing.
1: As far as I understand this story, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Andy, but there really has never really given a good explanation for the first sighting. I mean, I think they maybe said, like, it was planes flying in formation, right? Mm -hmm. But then they're, like, the rest of the sightings, they're like, oh, flares, oh, this, oh, that. But I'm I'm laser focused on this first sighting. Yeah, that's... That's that's where I'm seeing the money. That's that's the that's the real one. Like I'll one. I'll, be, I'll be I'll show my hand a little bit here. Sure, like, kill
2: him on the first act. That second that second one, like I think it was flares. I think it was flares. It was flares. But that first one, I I, I don't know. You know, because it doesn't make sense that they would have been over Henderson, Nevada, uh, to start with. And the, the rate of travel and everything, like, it doesn't make sense for a flare to be born aloft like that. It doesn't really make sense. I guess probably even for like a balloon or something to be like moving at that speed because again it's it's like less than an hour yeah it goes from Henderson Nevada southeast all the way to Sky Harbor and then on to Tucson
1: which makes you think and then all of a sudden there's a second sighting which makes me think that that second sighting was their response to the first sighting like it's like the first sighting something is up there we don't know what it is UFO of Whatever origin, military or otherwise, and then that happens, and the military is like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, let's go scout it out. Then they go up there, or maybe it just kind of happened coincidentally. I don't know. So these these L U U two
2: flares, yeah, like what they're supposed to do is illuminate the ground, so they shine really bright, but they're like the idea is to illuminate the ground. So you might be onto something there, Art. maybe something looking for something. Although if it was at the range. The range is the opposite direction from where the first set of lights moved, because mm-hmm. the the range, the Barry Goldwater Range, which, if you believe the flares went behind the Estrella Mountains, from the vantage point of the people, mm. it pretty much has to be in that area, which is southwest part of Arizona. Okay, so it's got to be it's got to be southwest of Phoenix at that point to get
1: obscured by the mountains from that vantage point. But the first thing was southeast.
2: Yeah, the lights were going like the opposite direction out of phoenix.
1: Now this is a big old flying V. What do you think it was at uh like Joe Satriani fucking up there shredding on a big old guitar. <laughs> yeah,
2: this was this was fucking Dave Mustaine.
1: Fucking Dave Mustaine shredding.
2: No, it could definitely not
1: be Dave John Mustaine Petrucci. because it was silent. <laughs> That's right. These guys these guys can't be silent. <laughs> they got a fucking shred. I don't know, man. Some I mean this is a wild one, you know. This really I don't know. I think you're gonna get some interesting verdicts, bunk fuckers. Yeah, That's all I think I'll so say. too, Jeremy. Hi. Jeremy, good, good topic. Let's you, talk about Fife. let Let's just get into. I'm it. not defending what he did. You're, but, but I'm empathetic because I feel like I would be in that situation as well. <laughs> I'm, I am very scared of being in a situation like that, where, you know, you don't know. Okay, maybe it's a little tone deaf. At the same time, it's like you know we're jokesters, yeah. We've probably both been in situations where we made a joke at a time when we shouldn't have. Okay, I can be empathetic. I'm empathetic. I'm empathetic of this prank. Maybe, you know, somebody said that this guy doesn't have a sense of humor. So maybe somebody in his staff was like, ah, Fife, you should have him dress up in an alien costume. You know, you got reelections or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. People love it. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I guess I'll do it. I guess I'll go do it. I, <laughs> oh, I, I guess I'll have my guy dress up in an alien. And he brings him out there, and it's like, okay, kind of a big stunt, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what, what a, it? it's a little prank. Come on, Andy. Come
2: ah, on. but I mean, I mean, it's the, a little prank. The explanation's pretty weak. Yeah, he's like, he's like saying, "Oh, people were really worked up about this and concerned." I mean, honestly, are concerned. Honestly, though, if you'd like step back and take away the extraterrestrial, like part of it. They had yeah. an unidentified object in their airspace. Very it could true. be, could be a hostile military. For
1: all anybody true. knows, okay, yes, that people lives were a little freaked out. I get yeah. it. You know, I think you know if he had done that, when some people got nobody got hurt, nothing bad happened. Yeah, people were just a little shaken. I'm empathetic, but I'm also Come empathetic on. to the
2: people who are like, well, that makes me feel like a dumbass, an asshole. Very true for like thinking <laughs> that I saw something weird, and then the governor comes on here and is like, "You fucking dummy." <laughs> It was salines. You fucking serious with this bullshit? But then he doesn't give any kind of answer, and then he fucking almost goes to jail.
1: Well, now he's a pastry chef. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious.
2: Yeah, the uh, Arizona Culinary Institute, co-founded by Fife Symington. Hmm. Who
1: would have known he had a a lot of hobbies? Yeah. Including bank fraud. Yeah. And now bake fraud. He's a pastry chef.
2: You said bank fraud? You said bank fraud. I said bake fraud. (sighs) God,
1: uh, good lord. So
2: the weird thing about that is,
1: I'm giving him a slight pass. I don't, I don't get as worked up over stuff, but I can see where it's very insensitive. It's not the most insensitive. He kind
2: of got off on a technicality. What do you mean? It's like there was some procedural problem in the proceedings for the first trial, and that's why he's like, oh, he, I don't care about that. His verdict got overturned, and then he got pardoned. I so don't. Then- I don't care about his bank fraud.
1: I'm talking about the alien thing,
2: Andy. Well, you know me. Andy's going to be
1: like, "Well, listen, gonna, his danishes are Our
2: dog is character. Well, you know, then he became famous for this dessert he made at this restaurant called the Governor. He's actually very good?" Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Hmm. Allegedly. I mean, I've never eaten. Fife's a weird guy. Yeah, interesting character. The alien thing. Yeah. I don't like it. I can I'll agree with you. I can be empathetic. I'm more empathizing with the people who... Younger
1: Andy would agree with me. Yeah, younger me would have been like, fuck these. Yeah, younger Andy dumbies. would have been like, that's fucking hilarious. Look how I've been turned by this podcast. I know. Not not even that. I mean, I'm talking Andy from like five, six years ago. Fucking punk rock Andy. People yeah. don't remember this. Andy had Liberty Spikes. And he wore leather, tight leather, assless chaps every day. <laughs> chaps. Never wore underwear. Never. For, for three years. No, younger Andy. And, uh, bunkfuckers, you don't know this because... You know, you don't know any, but I know Andy, so I know this. Is that uh, younger Andy used to have this uh, moniker called Dark Mark. And that was because he had a penchant for being incredibly dark with his humor. He would come out and say some of the darkest stuff imaginable to a human. Just disgusting stuff. And he was so unsympathetic to everybody around him. Andy would beat you down while you were staring up at him bleeding Saying, please have mercy on my soul. He'd fucking, he'd curb stomp your head. Just like fucking, like in Gears of War. He'd curb stomp the aliens. Just that's what you did emotionally. So younger <laughs> Andy would be like, that's fucking hilarious. Fuck these people for not having a sense of humor. Fuck you. I'm gonna get back on my route. I'm a truck driver. <laughs> I might just be a simple <gasps> truck driver fuck you i got a truck full of clams that gotta get delivered (laughs) fuck you! younger andy would have thought that was hilarious i know it Uh, now andy you know you've got a family and you're very you know you love everyone i'm (laughs) you're at peace
2: i just want to say that i'm capable of growth (laughs) and cheap being learning. Well, yeah, and you have
1: that weird growth on your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. it like a third <laughs> second face? Yeah, I hope your... they cut that out
2: soon. Yeah. <laughs> I need Dave Coulier to cut it out. Oh, oh my god. Okay. Um so I guess I'm just more sympathetic, empathetic with the people who really felt like they had a situation and then they get made fun of by the governor. It's like people are going to make fun of you. You know, it's like I'm not I'm not a I'm not an extraterrestrial believer necessarily. No,
1: I don't like fucking mocking people either. I'm not going to do that. We don't do that on this show.
2: Yeah, we don't I mock some people, people. We
1: mock. I mean, we we mock a lot of people. We mock ourselves a lot too. bugfuckers, give us some credit. We mock ourselves a <laughs> lot,
2: <laughs> and we probably could stand to do it more because we deserve it.
1: Yeah, it's true, we do. But like, we don't. Uh, we never have shit all over anybody for yeah. uh, doing stuff like. I mean, I probably do more than you. Maybe a little bit. You know I get wound up about something. You get wound up, up about some things You get wound up about bad parenting <laughs> I do What's wrong with you Who gives a fuck about I? parenting Who am I Sometimes I don't even recognize myself <laughs> And God knows we talk about Wendy's too much <laughs> We should really stop God we talk about Wendy's so much On our frat house chatter Just a couple of <laughs> frat boys Chit chatting about Wendy's Well
2: I did name my son Dave Jr <laughs>
1: All right, anyway. Um Phoenix lights.
2: And then I named my other son Breakfast Baconator.
1: <laughs> Some other runnings were spicy chicken nuggets. Six piece. Was his middle name.
2: Spicy chicken nuggets six piece. He had two middle names, six piece and with with sweet and sour sauce. <laughs>
1: who can forget your pet dog frosty
2: yeah frosty frosty the dog
1: <laughs> was a dog i know we're like broken records bunk funkers, with our wendy's talk
2: god's talking about wendy's fuck us i called my wife my little baked potato
1: <laughs> and you actually legally on your driver's license changed your your name to cup of chili yeah. Homestyle style chili. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
2: and I make people call me for short Two Season a wah.
1: <laughs> Inside joke between Andy and I and <clears throat> a lot of your other friends that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about these Phoenix lights. Oh yeah, these lights.
2: Man, these lights were crazy, huh? I mean, uh you know, like I believe the balloon thing for 2008. I believe the flare mm. thing for two thousand and seven. Mm. Nobody really seems to be too like disputed about either of those things. I believe the flares for the second thing, although on the March thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Although not everybody buys into that that flare theory. Like people, yeah. I think the flares just don't behave the same way. But you know, I think it's I think it's a lot of variables with a flare. Right? There's lots of like the atmosphere that comes into play. Uh, I think that it's a great point to bring up that there's mountains. Around there that might block your view or change how you perceive things. And you had no idea they're there. You can't see them in the dark. They're not illuminated.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, But that first set of lights, I don't know. This is very Tehran UFO. Very much, yeah. Probably our favorite UFO story of all time.
2: This one's not quite as cool as Tehran UFO, just in the terms of the craft itself. Yeah. But I'll
1: be honest. That first set of lights, I feel like there was a craft. It's very craft like. I mean, I know that a big triangular craft is a common I think UFO sighting like um I even think that that happens in X-Files season 1 episode 3 or 4, I don't know, 5 or 6. The Mulder uh, fucking <laughs> like Rambo style like sneaks onto a military base. It's very it's a little campy, but it's very very i'm not shitting on x-files i love it it's very cozy i enjoy watching it a lot especially it's fun because now that we you know with the podcast we've like i know so much of this shit i'm like watching it i'm like i know what that's based on
2: hey, yeah i should rewatch x-files you
1: should you should watch it with me yeah okay i'm going to come over um uh what was I going to say and he like sneaks onto a military operation where they are excavating like a downed alien spacecraft mhm And I love this because it made me think of what we think because it's like the alien. They show a lot of aliens throughout the show, but in this one, the alien is like this weird, invisible little force. And I was like, that's fucking great. That's what we love. Yeah. Weird, invisible little forces. And then like Mulder later, like sneaks onto a military base and he sees like a big. That might be a different episode. Actually, that is a different episode. That's the episode where. Uh, There's military pilots who lose their memory. Sorry, bunkers. I'm not good at remembering stuff. Maybe Mulder should investigate you. He probably should, David Duchovny. They always, like, make him... They keep, like, making him, like, do exercise where he's, like, shirtless. There's this one scene in the second season where he gets out of a pool and he has a boner. Like, a huge boner. He's wearing this tightest, smallest little red swim trunks. And I was like, all right, what the fuck? What are you, What is going on here in 1993 or four? He's like Daniel Craig. I know. Uh, didn't he have some like uh,
2: personal controversy? DeCovney. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was a sex addict. Wow, oh, that's it. But um, very against the Church of Scientology, I believe, uh, early on.
2: Oh, yeah, he was married to mm Leoni.
1: Mm-hmm. America's sweetheart. Love T. Leoni. Yeah. Sex addiction. Uh, anyway, Phoenix Lights. Because
2: <laughs> he was on that Californication show. Those were his, like, two big shows. Wow, man. he's 60 years old.
1: So Went old. to Princeton. Yeah, and Yale. And Yale. Can you imagine? No. Some people have it all. I can't imagine. Hot little bods, big old boners. <laughs> Sex yeah. addiction. English literature degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Get to go to Princeton and Yale and be and and be be on one of the like most recognized shows of the decade. And
2: he's a vegetarian. (laughs) And he's a vegetarian.
1: (laughs) God, some people have it all.
2: And he had COVID. And he had COVID in November
1: 2020. Early. No, that that would have been late. Never
2: mind. Goober. I don't know what year it is. Whatever.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, fuck Andy. I mean, I mean, I'll just kind of be honest. Like, you know, I think this has craft kind of written all over it and I don't see why it can't, it's unidentified, it's flying, it's an object, it's a UFO.
2: Yeah. I think it's for sure a UFO. I mean, you know, the only question is, is it terrestrial? Is it extraterrestrial? I don't know. I'm not buying balloons for that explanation no
1: no or lanterns or something and and i think it's kind of telling that they i don't know that they are like don't you think that like the the air force has kind of gone back and forth with their expl like they're pretty quick to be like that was flares for the second one but they haven't they didn't really put up much of a fight for the first one right uh you mean the air force hasn't or just I guess anybody
2: in general, or you know, you mean as like a real credible explanation? Yeah, and then the yeah. FAA didn't no. even look into it. No, I mean, there's no. They're just there's like, no, we're not going to touch it. Yeah, there's nothing like,
1: there's nothing definitive. And what kind of defense is that? That's a defense where you're guilty. Yeah, you just say <laughs> I don't recall. Yeah, I mean, no comment.
2: You know, obviously, some people have said that it's like, was it was it A tens? Was it the Maryland Guard again? Yeah, in the air, like maybe maybe luke or davis Monthan said they had no planes maybe it's a misunderstanding you know they didn't have any planes those aren't their planes those are the maryland guards planes i don't know didn't even try to offer an explanation. yeah nobody's i've not, i've not seen like a real solid explanation the attack on barwood what's up with that uh, that's weird yeah why they why they went after her all she asked a pretty fucking reasonable question. Yeah, and she says all she's wondering is like, people are worried about this. Like, are we gonna are we gonna try to I mean, at least find out what it was? What the
1: fuck was that? up She there, didn't guys? come in
2: there and be like, I think it was extraterrestrials. Like, yeah. she just said, are we gonna do an investigation because people want to know what happened? Yeah, and they were like, you fucking idiot! Why
1: don't you get you your th- light switch having motherfucker?
2: You, fuck you stupid, vapid. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Shut up.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know. Talk about empathy. I mean, people have attacked us like that all the time.
2: Yeah. Only, I mean, we've deserved it a lot De- more than Very big Francis difference. Barwood. We've deserved it. Um, and we do. We have light switches on both of our foreheads. Yeah, that's, that's an aesthetic choice. It doesn't <sighs> yeah. actually do anything. Yeah. Um, you know, all it does is when you flip it on, I do have wires connected to mine and it shocks my brain a little bit. <laughs> But you know, I've suffered such extensive brain damage over the course of my life that it yeah. really is just it really is just to keep me lucid. Yeah. Well mine is, don't, um, is Um Mine
1: uh mine helps me sleep.
2: <laughs> you turn it off and you go to sleep. I turn instantly. <laughs> it off and I
1: go power down. Shut down system.
2: Shut down mode. Engaged.
1: And I Turn my little brain off. I wish um, I could do that. Don't you wish you could do that sometime?
2: Yeah. God. Yeah, but instead I just, uh, you know, drink to excess. Yeah.
1: And you listen to In Excess.
2: In Excess. I eat Wendy's to excess. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I forget.
1: Yeah. Wendy's helps us forget. It helps numb the pain, Daddy. (laughs) Daddy Davey helps us numb the pain with his spicy tendies.
2: Chicken sandwich. Yummy. Oh,
1: um, <laughs> and yeah, the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich is bar none the best spicy chicken sandwich. Agreed. Please. Oh God, it's good.
2: I got no qualms with this hot and spicy McChicken, but it's not a Wendy's
1: no. spicy chicken. No, sir. Um, uh, Art. Yeah, what's up? Like <laughs> I was like somewhere else in the bunker. <laughs> what's up? I'm over here now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, sir, I'm doing dishes at the sink.
2: Art, <laughs> I think. What do you think about a uh, dirigible?
1: First of all, I take a lot of umbrage with you using big fucking words that I don't know what they mean. And you do it on purpose. Just dirigible. I don't know what that word means. I've never seen that word in my lighter life. lighter than aircraft, a rigid hull, oh, lighter than aircraft. God, you do it on purpose. No, that's the term for them. Dirigible, it's like a blimp or zeppelin. Every time we have guests on this show, they trip up when you use big words. It's well, not just me. Well, I'm sorry. I will admit that I can't read a lot of names. Even very common ones.
0: Well, odd. I am sorry that my
1: <laughs> intellect is
2: far superior to yours.
1: Um, what was that? Was that Futurama? No, that's
2: uh, uh, SpongeBob. Brain coral. Patrick falls off a cliff, and his the top. His brain falls off and gets replaced with brain core.
1: Oh, that's a new episode. And he becomes really smart. I, I don't watch anything past the movie. Oh, yeah, well, sorry. Um, I saw the movie for the first time recently. Movie's good, huh?
2: Yeah, it was a pretty good
1: flick. David Hasselhoff. Yeah. it's a fun little one. Um, I'm Speaking of guys with big boners. <laughs> You're
0: a goofy goober, yeah. Goofy, goofy, goober! No, no,
1: no, 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 no. I don't think- Fucking comes down from the ceiling and he's wearing like wizard outfit. <laughs> yeah, wizard
2: outfit with stockings. Yeah. Fishnet stockings. No, Patrick's got the fishnet stockings. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. For
2: some reason, for some unknown reason. Yeah. <laughs> A weirdly, weirdly sexual, Patrick. Like, I mean, yeah. Kids' cartoons often at it, times have weirdly some sexual things. innuendos yeah. in them. It did awaken some things. <laughs>
1: Famously in Animaniacs, fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no thanks. Dot looks at Prince, and they both look back and go, "Like no thanks." Like pushing the limit. Um, I bet Prince would have done it though. <laughs> Prince fucked a lot of people. Prince had a good life. Yeah, he did. Until Fun fact the about Prince wrote the song "Manic Monday" for the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Thanks, Art. Um, wrote a lot of songs, actually. Wrote, uh, I think, some songs for Sinead O'Connor, if I'm not mistaken, maybe. And he wrote songs for a few other groups as well. Prolific songwriter. Very talented person. Talented all around. Yeah. Did not let life uh, drag him down. Shout out to Prince. R.I.P. <laughs> Rest R. in R. Prince. All right. R.I. Prince. R.I. You know, symbol. Yeah. The, the, the P symbol thing. The thing. You get it. <clears throat> um, so, what did, you, did you say you think it's a dirigible? Or you just got upset that I said the word dirigible? I did. I got upset. So, what does dirigible mean exactly? It's a big a, light helium craft, like a Zeppelin?
2: Yeah, exactly. That's a dirigible. I guess that would make sense. Zeppelin. I
1: think that's easier to digest than like this was a big mile long spaceship. Like, Independence Day style spaceship where it's like so big it covers a whole city.
2: So it's like what what um, Bill Scott is kind of saying is that it, this is probably like a, tri- a triangular-shaped craft mm-hmm. that's like big and flat. So it's mm-hmm. like not, not like, you know, ovoid like a blimp or a zeppelin. It's like a long, flat kind of thing that's uh, designed to be... Stealthy, you know, and move move quietly, and all this stuff, and so it has, you know, they've just got the running lights on basically as they're flying through the air. So they can see where it's at. Moves pretty. I mean, you know, I don't know that the behavior of it all the time makes sense. Like initially, yes, where it's just sort of moving along, but it's kind of like if it's moving so slow, how does it get so? How does it move between places so fast? Maybe there's some sort of technology there. Maybe it's, you know, boosting away. Like I don't know about the hovering and stuff. I mean, you know, Brian Dunning kind of comes to the conclusion that everybody who didn't report seeing the flares is kind of just making it up. Or like had saw something else and like people just jumped on the bandwagon because a lot of people started. Know. And I don't I don't agree with him on that. Like he tries to make that case
1: that like the only thing that happened was flares. This was 97. You know, if if you had wanted to contact somebody, you had to call them. You had to call them on the phone. So they got all these phone records of people yeah. calling in. It's like, what, all these people know each other and contacting each other? Come on. Yeah.
2: I, I just, and you know, to say that like all of the reports of anything other than what's consistent with the flares are just
1: like made up. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, that's rough.
2: I don't buy, I think that's, I think that's a bit of a stretch.
1: And this is what happens with some of these UFO topics is we look at the skeptic answer, and if we don't buy the skeptic answer, it's kind of like, well, what's the other answer? <laughs> yeah, I to me, to me, you know, skeptic <clears throat> answer doesn't hold in a lot of... It's not a flare with a balloon on this one for me.
2: Yeah, skeptics have, uh, skeptics have obviously proposed a few things. Uh, the ear-out pranksters, uh, that it's A-10s. But that's it. I mean, they've proposed it, and it's all from, like, studying the footage... What
1: little of it there is available. Jets don't fly quietly. Or the ear row thing is just a rumor. You would have at least a couple people being like, I heard a ton of fucking jets are loud as shit. Even
2: light aircraft that they're doing training, like the only way the only way it makes sense is if it's at a really high altitude. Right. You know, and then you probably might not hear it. But then it's at the same time, it's like When'd you see a plume of smoke? Like why would people then report that this thing was like 150 miles ahead of, or 150 feet af- above them? Right. Is it just an illusion? Like, is that even possible? I don't, I don't know. It doesn't you, seem, yeah. you you to make sense to
1: You got a lot of people saying like, they're not saying anything wacky. They're just saying like, it looked like some kind of weird, like it was like obscuring the sky. Like it, mm-hmm. they felt like there was an object there, but didn't they say that like, it's like, like it was wavy, like it's a stealth thing.
2: Yeah. Some people have described it as like the bottom looks like it's sort of undulating, you know, like it's like there's movement in it. What does
1: undulate mean? You know, like it sounds like, like a, a member of guar, like a wave, Undulus, ung, undula, like this, like a wave, wavy. Yeah, it looks wavy, it's a wavy gravy. Why don't you just say it looks like
2: a ruffles on chip on the ventral side? Then of I would this g- craft. understand what you're I'll saying let, to me, you know, supposedly <laughs> <laughs> ventral side of the craft, <laughs> ventral the, side. the underbelly. Uh, say it looks like a ruffles chip. Yeah, it looks like a you know, this thing looks like it's got ruffles chips on its tummy.
1: <laughs> now I get it. And if they aren't sour cream and cheddar, I'm gonna have words. With oh you. my
2: god! You know, uh, if you get the regular ruffles, plain ruffles, like, no offense, I don't like to eat them by themselves. Unless you got French dip, hell of a good.
1: That's my favorite. Who? Hell of a good French onion dip. That's a French onion dip. Yeah. Shout out to hell of a good French onion dip. Yeah. Sponsoring Spons- this Sponsored podcast. The podcast. <laughs> a hell of a good podcast. Hell of a good podcast. Um. Said no one.
2: But people. then just some people say they can't tell how high it is, that it was high enough to be, you know, obscured by like thin wispy clouds. But then, you know, you've got the people in, in in Prescott Valley saying, Hey, this was right above us. 150 feet. I mean, they could be wrong. I mean, they're not altimeters. So who knows?
1: I don't know, Andy. I mean, I, I mean, uh, I guess I have a verdict in mind. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I have a verdict too in mind. I don't know. Are we ready to get to verdicts?
2: Yeah, I guess I, guess to, I am.
1: I guess. I, I mean, we've been chit-chatting for a little while about we've been it. Chitting and chatting for. You can sit here and chit-chat and all day long, but eventually chat. we're going to have to fucking eventually, pay the just, piper.
2: Sometimes we just got to get to it and and say what we think.
1: Uh, Yeah, I, uh, I'm uh, i ready. All right, you go first. I, mean, I have to pull up the bunker scale. Yeah, that's what I was doing just now. So <laughs> um, uh, I, I, guess, I guess. Why don't I just save it?
2: I guess the way I'm going to make a verdict on this, I'm only going to consider the first event on March 13th, 1997, because for everything else, all the other three things, the the later event, 1997, 2007, 2008, it's it's case closed on those uh, for me. Those were flares and balloons, and that's, that's the end of that. Now, for this earlier one in 1997, um, is it flares... Is it, uh, I don't know what to say on this one. If I should do different, I'm just going to go for one. Do what's in your heart. I'm going to do just one thing. I was going to go by like thing by thing, explanation by explanation. But I do think that it was, I think it was some sort of craft. Whoa. I think it was a
1: craft. Um, Now, can we get the classic Andy quote? I like this Tehran thing. I like this Phoenix thing. We like the craft. <laughs> hold the line. Hold the craft. <laughs> Buy the dip. If he's in, I'm
2: in. Um, I think, though, I don't think that it's an alien spacecraft. Okay. I think that it's terrestrial. Yes. And I think that it's some sort of uh, top secret government dirigible. And so for that, I'm going... You know what? I'm going to go very plausible. Whoa,
0: that's what? Very plausible.
2: Look out, baby. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I have such we are in the a green. Duchovny boner for this helium filled. <laughs> you want to know? Rigid hold craft. I'm I'm rigid hold right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are.
1: You're dirigible.
2: For this, yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I think it was, that's what I think it was. So I'm wow. Go very plausible.
1: Bunkfunkers, this is once in a blue moon. Jeremy. Jeremy's, Jeremy hit- feeling, Jeremy's feeling a little dirigible right now, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, as well. Yeah. He's, he's floating away. He got a bunker alarm, a big old shout-out, and he got a very positive out of Andy. Out of me. I mean, whatever the fuck. I, I,
2: I don't know how to use the green end of the scale, I'll yeah, be honest. Yeah, that's like, true. It's very unusual that I'm I know.
1: We don't spend a lot of time up here. No, this is uncharted territory. Um. All right, so, I mean, Andy, I'm with you. I think the second sighting in 97 and everything that happened in the 2000, the aughts, I'm not buying it. I'm saying case closed. That's all bullshit. Fucking flares whatever whatever they want to say that it is it is it's not any kind of weird craft it's not any kind of alien i'm not buying any of it i think that the first flying v um was this first craft in 97 is i'm going to say case confirmed is a military spy craft wow secret top secret stuff wow case confirmed that this is some kind of top-secret spy plane, stealth plane, stealth technology that they're just testing out. I think something happened. I think either it crashed, or something came off of it, or... I don't know. Whatever. Maybe the, maybe the local Air Force didn't even know about it. They are like, what the fuck? You guys seen this up here? I think the second sighting was in response to the first sighting. Maybe it turned at Tucson and was making like a
2: triangular maybe. pattern and going to go over Goldwater through Yuma and back into, maybe, maybe. this thing came from area 51.
1: It, came very from Nevada. Close. They're very close. Obviously there are secret bases up there. We don't know what they're doing. Uh, I think that's what happened. I think the second oh, thing like was in response to the first thing. I think these flares were actually being used to search the ground for something. Um, I don't know what, I don't know if it crashed. It is not extraterrestrial. I'm not buying that one, but. Case, I'm saying, I'm saying, case confirmed. It's a secret military spy plane. Case confirmed. It is a UFO. What? Because we don't know what the fuck it is.
2: A very plausible and a case confirmed. This is a good episode. This is this is as this is. You want to talk about the golden age of bunker? Yeah.
1: Ah, I think it's back.
2: I think this is a new golden, a new golden age dawns (laughs) in
1: Bunktopia. Uh bunk fuckers, those were our verdicts. Very positive. Does not happen often. Um so check that off on your bunker bunker bingo.
0: <laughs> bunker bingo.
1: Uh, let us know what you think. What's your verdicts? We wanna know. Oh yeah. What do you think? Uh
2: and if you think it's extraterrestrials, tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, why? Um let us know. Email us mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. We'll use the ha- what's the hashtag?
2: Uh
1: <laughs> I don't remember how to do this.
2: The hashtag uh,
1: phony lights. Phone. Dirigible.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, have fun spelling that one. <laughs> All right. Hashtag dirigible. <laughs> hashtag dirigible. Let us know what you think about this topic. Email us, mrbunkerpot at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram at Mister Bunker Pod. Find us on YouTube. We are trending at number two. If you just search Mister Bunker, we have we've almost owned that keyword. If you search Mister Bunker on YouTube, we come up number two. Number one is Mister Beast. He has a video where he like spent time in a bunker, and he's got like. A bajillion views. Hey, we're
2: beating the, we're beating Archie Bunker though. We we have blown Archie Bunker out of the water. Well, you know, Carol O'Connor can't catch us now because he's dead. Oh. <laughs> the age of Carol O'Connor has ended, and the age <laughs> of Mr. Bunker's conspiracy
1: time has begun. So go ahead and search on YouTube for Mr. Bunker. You'll find our YouTube channel. We've got a ton of great videos coming out. Um,
0: oh, Archie! Oh, Archie! We got great videos on the YouTube.
1: And uh, if you feel so inclined, you really enjoy the show, you want to help keep the lights on and support it, and you have the means to do so, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Mr. Bunker Pod, where we are um, putting out tons of cool episodes. You get a lot of non-unsolved like non unsolved stuff, like we're covering true crime stuff now. Things that have been solved. Things that have been solved, like serial killer stories, other true crime
2: you know, if uh, we get enough subscribers on Patreon, Art and I will take a trip to Arizona, eat at Fife Simontons <laughs> Restaurant, yeah. and write a review for
1: the patrons. Sure. We'll do fucking weird stuff like that, too. We're going to need a lot of Patreons, but, uh, you know. Yeah. We'll do it. Because um, we'll only stay in four-star hotels. That's very true. We have that in our writer. But, you know, you can get sneak peeks on all the episodes, um, sneak peeks of the bunker videos before they go live. <laughs> We also have green MMs only, and chicken wings uh, on the bone, raw. <laughs> we just want to—we just want to make you go get that. We
2: like to make stock when we get into our green room. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, there's a lot of other cool stuff. You can join the bunker Discord on Patreon, chat with That's us. That's fun. Have a lot of fun there. Um, and soon, uh, you can also get access to the bunker newsletter. Ooh. Lots of fun stuff on the Patreon. Um good times good times had by all. Well, Andy, this has been one for the ages, I got to tell you. This uh this was a great topic. Um Jeremy, you fucking knocked it out of the
2: park. Buddy. You know, and I think Jeremy when Jeremy first uh sent in this topic, I think Jeremy kind of undersold it. Made it seem like uh at least this was my this is my recollection of it.
1: Yeah, so like, I remember a, Jeremy opened the email with a woo yeah. or a Yo. Ayo. I think it was ayo, and then we mistakenly said that Jeremy's a werewolf. He might still be ayo,
2: Jeremy of Arizona. <laughs> um, but I feel like I feel like Jeremy undersold it, and I maybe I, that's the play. Yeah, maybe that's the play. And then he sent us a picture of that cool cal- that cool candle <laughs> from Raiders of the Lost Ark.
1: Very true. Well. Um, thank you again to Jeremy and thank you again to all of you for listening and hashtag for, dirigible hashtag dirigible for not the titular Mr. Bunker but for my fantabulous 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 oh wow uh, co-host Andy Hart I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada thanks for riding in my Tercel a Man Boat
2: see you next time in Deliciousville on Restaurants Restaurants and Restaurants Thank